Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Late Late Review Preview Show. My name is Thierry, and uh, as y'all know, this is the Transatlantic Football Company, also known as Thinking Football. <laughs> How's everybody doing? We got the whole group here today. Doing, doing well, man. I, I'm so excited that the NFL is back. College has come back. The NFL has come back. I'm living on a, I'm living on cloud nine right now. We've been doing TFU with Tyler, and that's been that's been flowing. Been had a crazy week one, and we got spicy some spicy matchups this week. We got you know Chiefs to start the season off, and man, I'm excited. I know Steph, you've been waiting for this one. You've been waiting for the NFL to come back. How are you feeling about this uh, this week one slate? It's been twenty weeks without football, um, <laughs> and we are finally finally back. I am looking forward to my Patriots beating the Eagles in an upset. And I'm looking forward to the Lions upsetting the Chiefs in the first game of the season. Already given our predictions for the season. I like it. Um, <laughs> I'm just excited for football to be back. We're recording this on a Tuesday. NFL's back in two days. And from here on out, all the way through February, we'll have football on just about every damn day. And it's the most magical time of the year. I'm ready. Yeah. So I guess this episode is pretty much dedicated uh, specifically just to previewing each division trying to figure out where all the teams stack up, figuring out who we think is going to win uh, their respective region. Um, and I think we want to start it off with the AFC East. What you guys think? Sounds good to me. All right. So I think Stefan's going to start us off with the Buffalo Bills. Yes. The perennial power, along with the Chiefs, over the last four years in the AFC, the Bills have ascended to the top, top tier, the S tier of the NFL but haven't been able to push to the top of the mountain. Last season, we saw a trouble with the offense where they were as explosive as you could find in the NFL, but lacked the ability and drive and diversity in offense and scheme when it mattered in the playoffs. Um, James Cook will be an importance there. How they run the ball outside of Josh Allen is a big thing. Um, the wide receiver two is also the big, big question point for me. Gabe Davis and Josh Allen never really got on the same page last season. They're about 50% target rate. Um, Dalton Kincaid has been the highlight in, in camp. We, I thought he was awesome. He was probably my wide receiver one in the draft, if, if you classed him as a wide receiver. Um, and then on top of that is the defence. They've always been good. They've been good under Sean McDermott. But can you can keep sustaining it? Defence is so variable year to year. What do they do when new schemes come about? Yeah, and no, I, I kind of totally agree with what you said there. You know, the been that powerhouse on offense. The defense lost Tremaine Edmonds this year. It's going to be a kind of a, a loss, kind of in that in that linebacker role. But you know, I, I do trust McDermott. He's shown to be a pretty good, or what looks to be a pretty good coach the last few years. They've been a com very competitive team, and yeah, I, I do like do like the Bills' chances this year. Their issue is just they just got to get over the hump in the pre or the postseason. You know, they're smoking all the teams in regular season. Then it comes January, early February, and they just can't seem to get out of their own way. The offense has been very stagnant in the postseason the last couple of years. If you remember that uh, with the divisional round against the Chiefs, or the Bengals, the divisional round against the Bengals, couldn't get anything going. Two questions for y'all. First, do we think there's any smoke 
huh, to this noise with Stephon Diggs? Does he really want to leave the Buffalo Bills? He he doesn't. He shut this down in training camp now. Um, he came back. He, he talked about what it all is. He wants to retire a bill. He smoked the first receiver he saw in training camp, and he still did for the next three weeks. He will be fine. He's a receiver. They're all like yeah, this. they are. Yeah, no. <laughs> no let's keep it a buck. They're all let's like keep this. It a buck. They're all, they're all they like this. to keep their lives a little, you know, spicy. They, they like to keep it a little lively, mm-hmm. keep things interesting. And he's frustrated. He's, he's what, one of the best three or four wide receivers in the league, and he's had, he's got to the title game three, four mm-hmm. times in his, in his career yeah. now. So yeah. he wants that, he wants that ring. I understand. Yeah, understandable. And he wanted to join the Bills because he wanted more targets, and that's exactly what he's getting. He wasn't getting those yeah. targets from yeah, the yeah. Vikings. Yeah. Very true. No, he gets 140 targets a year. It's not, that's not the problem. I Very think, true. Jumping over to the AFC North now is the Cincinnati Bengals. I know you mentioned that there there's been the you know the perennial powerhouse in the AFC with the Chiefs and with the with the Bills, but there's been a new kid on the block kind of creeping up the last couple of seasons, and that is that is the Cincinnati Bengals and and Mr. Joe Burrow to be precise as well. One of my favourite players in the whole league and has been you know since his LSU years. I absolutely love that tape of his LSU year. It was said it for for a couple of years now. It was as close as I've ever seen a quarterback go to you know a perfect season. Everything looked great and. He's carried a lot of that form over into the NFL. Um, they're going to have no problem passing. They've got arguably, probably not even arguably, the best trio of wide receivers in the whole league, uh, in Chase, in Higgins, in Tyler Boyd. They're just going to be very, very solid on offense again. I, I, I don't really foresee too many problems with the Bengals on offense this year. Defense as well, I think it's solid. I think uh, Lou Anarumo, don't want to butcher that name, Lou Anarumo is... Uh, is is great, great DC. I mean, we covered him last year, disguising, mixing up coverages, yep. mixing, mixing up blitzes, and kind of where that where that pressure's coming from. They got some versatile talent on that defense as well. You know, they've got some guys that they can move around. I think it's quite an undervalued unit in the NFL. And I think kind of the coaching is a is a huge part as to why you know some of the kind of smaller names are, are, are just as good on on the defensive side of the ball and get that defensive production for the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to be you know a, a major fighting force in the AFC again, and and this could be the year that they kind of head head all the way to that bowl game. Yeah, I believe the Bengals return almost 4,000 snaps on the Goodness D-line, gracious. As far as I could work out the numbers. Good. The entire D-line played all of Good last Lord. year and they're yeah. all playing. So they're, they're starting <laughs> four at the moment. is Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, BJ Hill and Trey Hendrickson, which was the exact same four They played basically year. every game last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hendrickson was fantastic as well. We loved Hendrickson all year. Trey Hendrickson is a, is a superb player, you know, and they've got Jermaine Pratt, Mike Hilton. Kind of Mike Hilton, who is just such a unique player for being able to play the slot blitz, sort of force a roll off the edge, even though he's 5'10", 198. He shouldn't be able to play. Basically, strong backer, <laughs> 198. Yeah, I know you loved him this year, sort of every week raving about yeah, Mike he's Hilton. Unarumo's always got some sort of package for him, and he's always got some key role in each week-to-week defence because they're such a shifty team. Um, I know they've had a lot of... They've got the same wide receiver call, but what is going on with Joe Mixon? He's shooting at kids with Nerf guns. <laughs> and he's going to be around for What the is the story? What is, what is happening? Because he was cut, then he, or he was going to be cut, and then he was never cut. No, I think he's there as, as the starting back. At least he's currently listed as the one on their dev chart. Yeah, I haven't, haven't heard sort of anything about him kind of leaving the team. I think the latest thing I heard on that case, and I, I haven't been keeping up to date with it kind of religiously, but I think the last thing I heard was that the, the kind of things against him were dropped. But I may be, may be misremembering that, but... 
you know what these athletes are like, man. Ashley Cole literally shot someone with an air rifle and gave a signature to get away with it. <laughs> look at the reference. Training as well. Look at the reference. At, at training. But I mean, look. At training and air rifle at training. I mean, think about it though. Joe Mixon's always kind of been trouble. Like it's he's not he's not new to this. You know what I'm saying? Going back to Oklahoma, that man has always had a little bit of something going on. My biggest question for the Bengals, though, they addressed it this past season, is that offensive line play. They helped keep Joe Burrow up, but mm-hmm. still, keeping Joe Burrow healthy is going to be critical for them. He had that Super was, critical. Tw- tweak of the hamstring in the training camp or the OTAs, and yeah. looked bad, but he's going to be fine. Still, a hamstring's a, that's a bitch of an injury to deal with. So, keeping him no, up it this is. season, it's going to be very it important. Because it, it lingers. You know? Yeah. Like, it never really goes away. <laughs> the next thing I wanted to jump into is the Jacksonville Jags, and I think that is our man Thierry. Yes, sir. All right, so the Jacksonville Jaguars, let's just be honest, uh, they should firmly be favorites for this division. Um, not just that, I, be- I genuinely believe that they can potentially be one of the highest seeds in the AFC. Uh, you know, Trevor's feeling good, fresh off his first playoff win. He's got that man Calvin Ridley. You know, that receiving core is probably the best he's ever had uh, as a professional. Um in fact, the receiving core is so deep, according to reports in Jacksonville, um, Doug Peterson went out of his way to make sure that they kept seven receivers on the roster. Um, he really didn't want to let any of these dudes go for real. Uh, yeah, to the point where there's other teams calling them for, you know, p- potential trades. So um, at the end of the day, I really do think, I mean, let me list these guys off. Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Parker Washington, and they still got, you know, ATN in the backfield. This is a squad, you know. This is an offensive squad. Uh, Trevor's going only going to get better. I, I don't I don't see him regressing. Uh, Doug Peterson is an offensive guru of a coach. I genuinely feel like they're in a position to make some noise in the AFC. And um, something that Peter King had noted in his column: ten of their seventeen games are going to be coming against the two worst divisions in football this year, AFC South and the NFC. And the NFC South, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a schedule where they could really just run through that, for real. It's not out of the question to see them as a potential one or two seed in the AFC. Um, at the end of the day, I think they'll also be relying on uh, that man, Trevon Walker, you know, the former number one overall pick. Uh, how is he developing? How is he getting better? You know, because they really, they're, they're going to need a good pass rush to make it far in these playoffs. We know how to... We, we know how the, the NFL is, you know, you need a good pass rush to make it far. Yeah, the, the two questions for me with the Jags are, on offense, they look really good on receiver, but they're all small, outside of Elijah Cooks, who's 6'5". Even Evan Ingram's only six foot tall, really. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then on defense, as you said, there's three sure. guys who, should, who need to stand up. Josh Allen, who is a baller, who people don't pay attention to, he already yes. is standing up. But Devin yes. Lloyd is there, who was mm-hmm. there last yep. year. Yeah, lots of mismatching coverage. Right. And then yeah. Trevor Walker, you're the number one overall. You, you make that a unit. Mm-hmm. Step up. Yep. 100%. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it when it comes to the Jags. I really do think that they're in a position to really assert themselves as one of the teams in the AFC. And uh, I think that leads us into the team in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. The defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, <laughs> off a of bum ankle from Patrick Mahomes, he still went Super Saiyan, won the Super Bowl. Like, just an <laughs> incredible effort. And they'd lost a lot in this offseason, losing Orlando Brown to Cincinnati. They lose Andrew Wiley to the Washington football team commanders. They lose their offense quarter, Eric Biemi, also to the Washington football commanders. 
lose Juju to England, lose Mikol Hardman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lost a lot, but you know what? Doesn't matter. You have the best player in football, and you also replace a lot. You get Jawan Taylor from Jacksonville, Donovan Smith from Tampa. Yeah, the tackle upgrade is serious. Serious upgrade. Going back to 2020, when they lost to the the Bucks, the O-line was garbage. Upgrade mm. 21, or excuse me, upgrade 22, and then they're upgrading again. Like it, The O-line is just getting better and better. Yeah. And I love what they're doing on defense, drafting Felix Uzma from Kansas State in that first round. I think he's going to be a great pass rusher. Um, they also got Drew Tranquil from the Chargers, who is going to be that quintessential white guy in the middle of linebacker piece. Uh, yeah, always, one always on the is. Chiefs. And he's just going to be that, that gritty guy on defense. Nick Bolton, I know people find it difficult to pay attention to rookie minimal linebackers, but Nick Bolton was great last year, and he will be again this year. There's... He got better and better, and he his playoff game. And I love what's going to happen in the secondary. They had three first-round guys playing the secondary last, or three rookies playing the secondary last year, um, and they're going. They played pretty much all the playoff snaps. They're going to get better and better. The Chiefs are just they're going to reload. I don't see how they are not the team to beat right now in the AFC. The passing attack, you don't need that number one guy like we thought with Tyreek. Like they were able to recreate that production in the aggregate. Sky Moore came alive in the playoffs. Um, they still have MVS. Uh, they got Kadaris Tony in the uh, middle of the season. He was a integral part of that Super Bowl run. Yeah, he's amazing when he yeah. plays. And then Isaiah Pacheco just emerging as that seventh-round pick, overtaking uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's spot. I love Isaiah Pacheco. He is a great runner. And it's the, it's the goddamn Chiefs. They're the best team in the NFL. Yeah, whatever teams adapt to to change their one four sets they'll just change again so you've got Mahomes he can just change again it's Andy Reid and change again I, they should be one and yeah I wouldn't bet again I think just the biggest question though is does Chris Jones resign I know pretty much reporting this on Tuesday uh, I haven't heard any news on if he's resigned yet no he hasn't yet um, Mahomes said they're preparing to play without him but we will see still I think they'll, they'll have enough pieces on defense to not have to worry about that they were 17th in DVOA last year so if you just had an average defense still on the Super Bowl I think you're gonna be okay <laughs> I think you're gonna be okay oh and let's not forget that they also have the best tight end in the NFL as well that, that man is hardly a tight end bro come on <laughs> I took him first overall in fantasy I had first pick and I was like give me KLC straight away <laughs> Well, a team that's definitely not going to be boring next year is back to you, Steph, with the, I'm going to call them Green Bay East, as Matt LaFleur called them. That's the New York Jets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the Packers transition with Lazard, Cobb, Rogers, Hackett. The offense, every time we've seen this offense, it's effective. So it's not pretty. I don't, I don't enjoy watching all the inside zone, RPO, slant but it it works with Rodgers and he makes he makes the best out of everything last year Rodgers was hurt hand injuries are hard for a QB they all lie um, we'll come on to another one of those in the NFC but the slant game that was with Devontae Adams should just I see Garrett Wilson being at least 80% of that if not more um, he's such a good player the other emergence should be Brees Hall if he comes back from his injury completely healthy he was a difference maker, like the best back in the league for four weeks straight last year. If he comes back, they get that and Garrett and Rogers clicks. The Jets will be good. I don't want to say it, but they should be good and they should really win 10 games minimum this year. I know they're in a hard division, but you have a defensive coach with a great defensive roster. Mm. 
if they're both if both sides of the ball are difference makers, then there's there's yeah. no reason they shouldn't be one, two, or three. Really, the the standards should be that high. Rogers getting a lot of praise there in the offense. That running back room is so stacked. Mm -hmm. Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, who just got Michael it Carr, and then Isaiah Canaba from uh, Pitt, who's been very good in the preseason. Although he had a little slight hamstring injury, that offense is gonna be lights out. You got to cast your mind back way to the start of the NFL offseason. Now it feels like, and when I was doing this research, I I, I was like, oh shit, they re-signed him this year. That felt so long ago. But few teams, you know, spent their offseason in the spotlight at least early as much as the Ravens did. Took a long time to extend Lamar Jackson. There was a whole whole situation going on with Lamar uh, the start of the offseason. But they re-sign him. They give him a great deal. They give him the money that they should have been giving him from the start. And they go all in. They pick up Odell. They draft Zay Flowers. They give Lamar what I think is quite comfortably the best receiving core he's ever played with as a pro. 100%. I think they're going to be spicy on offense. They bring in Todd Monken from the Bucks. Was he on the Bucks last? I can't remember where he was. I know he was on the Bucks for a while. No, he's Georgia. He was Georgia, he was Georgia last, but he was Bucks before Georgia, right? He was Bucks, then Georgia, then, yeah. So he's now, he comes into Baltimore. You know, Roman did a good job in Baltimore, but kind of never elevated that offense to the next level. I think we're going to see them throw the ball a lot more. I think they're going to air out a lot more, which is going to ask a bit of a different challenge from uh, from Lamar. But I do think this offense is going to be going to be exciting. You know, they invested in receivers early, really have given Lamar the weapons after signing him. Said, you're the guy now. Now go and do it. Defense is an interesting situation there as well. So Chuck Clark leaves. So I think Kyle Hamilton's going to have a bit of a bigger role there. It looks pretty good. You know, we, we liked him coming out. Didn't seem to make that transition as early as we'd have hoped to see, sort of into a into a real sort of solid starting option in the NFL. But looks like he's going to get a much bigger role now with with Chuck Clark gone. I think they're fairly solid at linebacker. You know, they got some good lines, good names at linebacker in Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, uh, Tyus Bowser, which is one of my favourite linebacker names. Uh, and they're a little bit light up front. Ojabo comes back. Yeah, comes back. They they are a little bit light up front. They add Jadavion Clowney to to the pass rush. They've got Michael Pierce. Uh, Justin, uh, Justin Madabolke, Broderick Washington. They have Adafi Owe, who had a few good snaps last year as well. And I know we liked a few of his snaps when he came out of college as well. But they're a little bit of a, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure what that pass rush is and, and the run stuff he's going to be able to do. I think they're going to be solid at linebacker. Secondary should be okay. You know, they've got Marcus Williams, Marlon Humphrey. You already mentioned Kyle Hamilton. Rocky Sitton's really good as well. That's a great off-season signing. Yeah, another name that, that you liked last year uh, and a name that we mentioned but the, the middle should be as good as it gets, considering how much they're paying for Patrick Queen and Rokon Smith. It, it really should be as good as... And with just David Clowney there, they should be one of the best run-stuffing units. They should at least do that if they're not going to get any pass rush. Um, and I'll just say, Carl Hamilton came on a lot down the end of the season. His last four or five games were much better than uh, early stuff, like with some, some difference-making yeah. things in there. Yeah, which is why I think he's going to you know take a much bigger role with Chuck Clark going. I think he's gonna, they were happy to let Clark go and, and knowing that Hamilton can come in and play that role for hopefully 16, 17 games this season. But yeah, I think the Ravens are going to be going to be a solid side this year. I'm excited to see kind of the new look offence and, and what Lamar looks like in that offence. Going to send it back to Thierry now, and it's the Tennessee Titans. Yes, the Tennessee Titans. Now, one of the bigger off-season stories was, of course, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, the team that he would end up going to. Funny enough, uh, he ended up picking a, what most would consider a non-contender. Um, I actually find the Titans to be a rather intriguing team. Um, I think last year their biggest issue, they actually started the season off quite well. Their biggest issue was really just how one-dimensional they were without like a real number one receiver. 
Um, they actually have one of the better linebacking cores and a pretty underrated defense, to be real with you. Um, but they also went out of their way to get Will Levis. And I guess um, <laughs> the the question a lot of fans are asking is, is he, is he even going to play this year? Um, now, I, I kind of want to add it. Wanted no. to ask you all that question. <laughs> do you go out of your way to get Elkie Waterback if you grab him in the third round? I don't think you do. Will Levis fell to the Titans, and they were like, "Okay." Didn't they trade up? Oh, yeah, they did. They off. did. They did kind of. They did. They traded up. Though. They, they traded up. Oh, okay. They did. Yeah, <laughs> they did. <laughs> I still. I mean, they went up to the get him. They wanted they him. <laughs> Missing on back-to-back quarterbacks and back-to-back years is gonna be fucking hilarious. <laughs> This is the worst well, TV yeah. room. It's so bad. Hey, at least at least when he's out of the league, he's got a lifetime mayonnaise deal. He'd be fine. God, dude, that, that <laughs> shit is nasty, bro. Why would you even bring that up? Uh, but, you know, I, I actually believe that the Titans could potentially sneak into a wild card if things go right for them. But, you know, they're really going to be like a middle-of-the-pack team this year. Let's just be honest about it. The defense is super underrated, and it always will be. Yes, I mean, the defense is underrated. Is the, best safety, is the best free safety in football. Like, mm. He had a bit of a dip last year, but this Harold Landry is a great linebacker. Um, yes. They got Sean Murphy bunning from the from Tampa Bay. Uh, Christian Fulton came on a lot last year. It was I think it was his second season last year. Um, so they should be really, really good. And just Jeffrey Simmons is elite, elite up front as well. So yep. they may be. I think they they do come across as boring to a lot of teams, but. Uh, to a lot of people, but and that might might reflect in their in their end in their end line, but they can push to that playoffs. I really do think they have that talent. They can, they definitely can. Um, we'll see how DeAndre uh, accommodates to his new surroundings. He's had worse QBs throw to him. Much worse. Much he worse. Played Houston certainly, for a long he has. time. Hill's not that bad. Yes, no, he certainly has. My worry though for the Titans though is. Is this the year that Derrick Henry finally just falls apart? Like, we've seen it happen with the running backs every single season. His body cannot sustain these kind of hits. They went out and drafted Tajay Spears, who is a complete change of pace back, third down back. Loved him out of Tulane, but my worry is if Derrick Henry's not 100% throughout the entire year, then I don't think that this passing attack will will them to victory. The addition of Skronsky on the line will definitely help out because that line was pretty horrid last year um so I think Skronsky will definitely help out they, they added some other names too um I think it'll be one of those teams they'll probably take a second to jail but once they figure it out like Stefan says with that defense when you got a defense like that you'll be able to stay in games and it'll it'll give them some opportunities so I think that's one of those we'll, we'll see type things with them mm-hmm. Chargers my abusive ex I just keep going back towards I've watched a lot of Charger football. <laughs> that playoff loss last year was the most sad Charger loss I have ever seen because you knew it was coming. After that touchdown at the end of the half by the Jags, I'm like, yeah, this game's not over. Jags are going to win this. Um, they finally fired the football terrorist that is Joe Lombardi, went out and get Kellen Moore from Dallas. I'm hoping that this is the year that Justin Herbert finally has a offense coordinator that lets him throw downfield. We haven't seen that in quite a long time, going back even to his college days. Um, Brandon Saley, figure it out this year, because if you don't, you're going to be fired. They had a marginal improvement from last year. You know, they finally made the playoffs, and then you lost in the wild card. This year, if you don't win a 
playoff game, you should be fired. There's no excuse for this defense not to be elite. You have elite pass rushers all up and down this line. Joey Bosa, Cleo Mack, they got Tuichu Laposu from USC. He's been fantastic in the preseason. I also love Dayan Henley. Henley from Washington State, the linebacker, has been balling out in preseason. Defense can be great, as well as the back end. They should be elite. JC Jackson coming back from injury. Hopefully that free agent signing is not as terrible as it looked because what you played three games last year two games last year and yeah and in the game he finally looked good in he tore his achilles yeah. so that was the one game where he started to look like himself it was absolutely terrible and then you also get duran james back he's gonna be fully healthy at that all pro level asante samuel jr hand up i was a little bit wrong about him coming out of college he finally came along the end of the season he was great in that Jacksonville game up until, you know, that last quarter. <laughs> Michael Davis. Yeah, I can't believe you have that Jacksonville game as worse than Marlon. <laughs> that was the one thing. How is that worse? Yeah, he fumbled that's the what ball I was with the game too, done. Because that was a great uh, Patriots team. Okay, you know, 14 and 2 is bad, and then they fire Marty Schottenheimer RIP. <laughs> this one's bad. This one was bad. Up there with the Nate Cating, like, missed field goals versus the Jets. <laughs> that one was also painful. Um,. But also, I'm very excited to watch Kellen Moore uh, with the offense because he is a offensive wizard. Uh, Austin Eckler, sorry, one last fantasy talk. He's not going to produce as much this year. They're going to be a rotating cast on the running back side. Isaiah Spiller, the rookie from last year, eight from A&M, looked at him to finally come around. Josh Kelly was great uh, in preseason. Nice change of pace back last year. Uh, Rayshon Slater coming back on the offensive line was Zion Johnson really to anchor down that offensive line and the biggest question mark about the Chargers is the receiving group I'm very disappointed that they drafted Quinton Johnson when they had the chance to draft Zay Flowers who in my opinion was a much much better receiver coming out of last year's class uh, Mike Williams going to his contract year with that Quinton Johnson draft I don't think they're going to re-sign him because they're probably looking to refill that position uh keenan allen you're getting up there in age i don't know if he's really that gonna be that guy anymore he's gonna be a great number two option but who knows um oh and our boy justin herbert he got paid congratulations to him for raising the average salary of university of oregon grads wow he's doing his bit <laughs> that's the man <laughs> I definitely agree with you on the Kellen Moore aspect here. This is potentially game-changing for Justin and his development, to be honest with you. I feel like him and Kellen could be a dynamic duo, to be real with you. Um, I feel like Kellen Moore helped Dak Prescott a lot. I don't know if other people feel the same way. Um, now, Cowboy fans were dumb. Dak Prescott broke his thumb last September and then never recovered mm -hmm. from it and kept throwing, overthrowing the ball. Um, Mike McCarthy uh, swapped him out to save his job. Does Kellen Moore have the weapons, really, though, to do his vertical, spread everybody out, and just pick on people? Because Mike Williams can do that. Quentin Johnson can maybe do that, but... He... They're going to... That's the thing. They're going to be asking for Quentin to do a lot this year if they want to have the attack that they really want to have, you know? It's, it's going to require him to really step out of his shell and be a, like, downfield threat for real. I think he worked on the crosses in college. It was all the it was all the turn back routes that just yeah. he couldn't he couldn't grasp. Mm -hmm. Underrated receiver on the Charger, Josh Palmer. He was a deep threat last year. He was second on the team in yardage, but you know they had so many injuries. Yeah, he caught a lot, a lot of a lot of over the shoulder mm -hmm. balls. He's a big dude as well, isn't he? He's huge, De decent size. Um, oh, that's also the biggest 
question for the Chargers. Can they stay healthy? Can they stay healthy? They haven't been able to for the last twenty years, so who knows? Moving to another team where injury concerns are a problem, the Miami Dolphins. This was one of the best offenses last year, but it got a bit found out by the end of the year. So there's going to need to be some form of evolution, and there's not really been that many added pieces to the team. I love Braxton Berrios. I've always loved him as a player. I love those players as coaches. The sort of You can do everything with them on offense, but he's the wide receiver free there, really, um, and there is nobody after him. River Craycraft, Cedric Wilson, who's sort of an end-around guy. There's just not much there. And again, at running back, it's Raheem Mostert, who's great for free games, and then we'll do his, then we'll get hurt. And then uh, David Achain, who I know you guys like, but I've never been massively sold on. Yeah, there needs to be some form of scheme evolution here. And then, talking of scheme evolution, they finally got Fangio to run the Fangio, the top defense or the most infame defense at the moment in the NFL. Um, they have the, the talent and personnel to run it. They should be ridiculously stacked at corner when Jalen Ramsey comes back with Xavier Howard and then Eli Apple moved to third corner, which is, that's where he belongs. He's a, <laughs> he's a cornerback free in this league. And he's a good cornerback free. I know people think he's a joke, but no. just don't ask him to match up with the wide receiver one and he's good. Right. Just don't ask him to go up against the best guy on the other team. Yeah, don't ask him to cover the number one player on the other team, and he's fine. Eli Apple's that small dog in the dog park that thinks he can take on the German Shepherd yeah. and just get stomped on the entire time. Them guys are really useful in terms of you need four or five corners now. So, And then Javon Holland should fit perfectly into the switch safety, Tana Hufunga sort of movement role in the, in the Fangio. So, yeah, this should be... It's probably a team where I project the defense to be better than the offense, just because... I don't know what evolution is coming on the offense, and I don't really see one with the added personnel. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, look, I think this really all depends on how healthy Tua is throughout the season. Um, this team will largely be dependent on how well he plays. Uh, that defense will be solid eventually, but that's a lot of weeks of Jalen Ramsey not playing. Like we kind of we we have to acknowledge that. Yeah, he's out four or six, is it? No, I think it's longer than that. I think it's actually like seven or eight weeks. But the, the, so the secondary will have to essentially be able to cover for him while he's out. I don't, I, I don't really know if in that division, in that tough division, if they'll be able to handle that before uh, Ramsey gets back. But what I love about Miami is that pass rush. It should be really good. Like that, it's a good pass rush. Christian Wilkins and uh, Jalen Phillips really came along last year. Zach Sealer is such a baller amazing. as well, and I know people don't really. pay attention to him because he's a free-tech defensive end, but he's a baller. And they got Bradley Chubb. Yeah, I forgot they got Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb's a great addition on that defense. I, I think the pass rush is going to help cover that back end a lot early on. When a quarterback only has four seconds, three seconds to throw, like it's so much easier if you're a corner. Moving to another team that almost certainly is going to have a defense better than an offense, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, the Steelers missed the playoffs this last year. They're going to be trying to make a huge pushback in a in a AFC North that seems, you know, somewhat somewhat open. Up front defensively, you know, they they've got one of the probably one of the deepest rooms that we've seen in Pittsburgh for a little while now. Cam Hayward headlines the group, you know, TF favorite. Steph, I know you've raved about Cam Hayward for a number of years now. He had a little bit of a step back last year. A little bit of a step back last year. Oh, definitely future Hall of Famer. Um, TJ Watt though. TJ Watt as well. <laughs> I mean, the best player in defensive end in the league so he's incredible 
He's incredible. Yeah, and I mean, when you've got an when you've got an interior of of Cam Hayward and and Larry Ogunjobi, then you send TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith off the edge. I mean, that's a really, really, really fiery unit, and and arguably the best kind of rushing attack in the league. Moving back a little bit, we have the Marvin Lille, who ain't quite a Swiss Army enough. I think he's a pretty solid player. Don't really know specifically what he is, but I know he can do a few things. So I expect him to see a few different situational situational roles this year. Uh, Montrevious Adams and uh, Keanu Benton add some depth to that kind of group, but that really is a a feisty uh, D line group, and expect to see a lot from them. Going back to linebacker, maybe some some smaller holes here, just with kind of how solid they are up front. They have Cole Holcomb, who looks to be the signal caller on the defense this year. He looks he's going to be lining up as the uh, as the middle linebacker. Uh, Health is one of the big things with the Steelers. You know, they suffered a lot last year with injuries, especially on the defensive side of the football. So if those linebackers and, and hopefully D-line can stay healthy, I think that's going to help them. I'm not too sold on the cornerbacks, but I do think they're going to be very solid at safety, you know, with Minka. Uh, Patrick Peterson didn't look as good to me last year, but, you know, he's getting on getting on a little bit now. Uh, Joe Porter Jr. comes in. We did like him coming out of college, so we'll see kind of how big of a role he plays on the defense. You're then looking at Levi Wallace kind of rounding out the secondary there. Moving on to the offense, you know, the big one is Kenny Pickett. Is he going to take that jump this year? You know, there was some talent in there. There was some great throws in there, but there's also just a lot of, a lot of things that just make you go, mm, I'm just, I'm just not fully sold. Yeah. There's inaccuracy and that's, that's hard to, to ever get over. You don't really see people get more accurate as they come into the NFL. Yeah. You just don't see people get more accurate. Um, who will take the leap is George Pickens, who, no if he's a Pickens. top 10 wide receiver in the league this year, I will not be shocked. He really is that, that good on tape. And so is Freer Move as well, who looked really, really good on tape. But they have Matt Canada. so <laughs> That's the problem. And um, Broderick Jones. Another football terrorist. Um, yeah, as exp- <laughs> truly a true football terrorist there. Broderick um, Jones, who we thought was raw coming out of college, hasn't made the official starting five on the... Uh, on the depth chart, he's actually behind Dan Moore, who wasn't very good last year. So um, there's a bit of a worry there. And then I just don't ever really see much in Najee Harris. I was never massive out of coming out of college on him and running behind that line. I just don't think they have anything there to keep the chains moving. This is the thing, and, and, and you touched on it just before I got there. George Pickens looks superb. George Pickens is going to be really, really spicy. Outside of that, and I mean, Frymouth, do like Frymouth, but you know, don't really rely on him to be a, a, a super, super reliable dude for 17 weeks of, of really kind of breaking defences down. Yeah, just uh, there'll be a few good games in there, you know, yeah. There'll be a few good games in there. And there'll be a couple where he'll go, you know, two score, possibly a three score week, just kind of one of them crazy ones that, he, that, that you know, the Steelers tight ends tend to, tend to get once a season. But... Yeah, we'll see. You know, Darnell Washington's there as well. I don't know how much of a role he's going to play. I know we kind of projected him to be a little bit more of a role player slash prospect. So I don't expect to see too much of him kind of this season. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Steelers. I'm I'm not too hot on them this year and, and think it's possibly a step back year for them, despite the defense being great. I want to see who steps up on the passing game besides Pickens because... Deontay Johnson, I really don't think is that good. He's a great uh, route runner. He's one of the most open receivers. He's one of the most open receivers who can't catch the ball. It's He's wild. He's one of the most frustrating players on tape. Yeah, he's just always open, and they throw the ball and he drops it. So. Al Robinson's on the Steelers. He's listed as a starter. Uh, Al Robinson hasn't been good in probably 
four years. Talking of camp, because Steelers fans will be mad if we don't mention it. Uh, Nick Hague, uh, Herbig, uh, linebacker, has been the number one player in the preseason for them. So they may have found someone at linebacker there. Yeah, he's been really, really good. But one name to look out for for the Steelers, uh, Calvin Austin the third, speedy guy out of Memphis. Memphis always seems to produce these kind of smaller receivers. 5'9", good route runner, explosive. Will probably be your punt returner, kick returner guy as well. Um, look for him to kind of come along later on in the season. He's listed as like receiver number four right now. He's currently listed as the starting punt returner though. Oh, there you go. What, yeah, with the lack of playmakers at your receiver position, it's not Miles Boykin, it's not going to be Deontay Johnson, and it's not going to be uh, Allen Robinson. So, Calvin Austin, welcome to the show. The Indianapolis Colts. So, I guess, what's the story with the Colts if it's not Anthony Richardson? I, I like the idea of this piece just being the cults. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt the exact, I felt the reaction really strongly. It's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, what can you say about them? Um, you know, they brought in Steichen from the Eagles, you know, which is going to be to help Anthony Richardson's development. Um, at the end of the day, they're probably going to want to keep things as simple as possible for him. Um, lots of RPOs. Things that they did with Jalen Hurts, honestly, to bring him along. Um, I definitely see that happening with Anthony Richardson. Um, not much of a receiving core, to be real. Not much. This is the worst receiving core in the league. I like Michael this Pittman. This is the worst receiving core in the league by miles. I, I, I was going to say, Tyler, you know, Pittman's good. I, I think he's a solid guy. But um, I think that they're also going to be relying on Josh Downs a lot. They went and got Downs in the draft. And I just outside of Pittman, they, they, they really don't have too much that's solid, you know. It's just, it's really just him. And then um, defensively, you know, they went and got Juju Brents. Um, so we'll definitely be seeing him in the secondary for them. You know, they got some solid guys on D. You know, Defoe, Zaire, Shaq Leonard, they got some dudes. You know, it's not it's not a team that's devoid of talent. It's just a matter of how, how does it all come together. The scheme there has been fine, I thought, for the last few years. Gus Bradley's a great cover-free scheme. But it is just a bit, it is a bit generic. Yes, and they it's lost generic. Stephon Gilmore, who's been good for them, and... DeForest Buckner's just as good, but can they... I don't see this as a difference-making unit at all. To get to my next point, the whole Jonathan Taylor situation, now they're going to be running a whole committee in, in that backfield. That's not going to be helping out their young quarterback very much. You know, it, it would have been nice to have, like, a solid, you know, bell cow for them to rely on, to just hand that ball off and, you know, help him help him ease some of that pain on, on the offense, but... And it's a committee of Zach Moss, Dion Jackson, Evan Hull. And Zach Moss might miss week one. So it's Dion Jackson and Evan Hull kind of leading the load there with their rookie quarterback. And and it's not like they have the best O-line in the NFL. So, uh, yeah. Over under 15 and a half Anthony Richardson carries week one. Oh, I've man. smashed the over. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to so go 20, and a half. 20 carries minimum. <laughs> 20 carries minimum. This might be the least amount of offensive players on a team as well. By the way, this depth chart is just devoid of anybody. There's only like six linemen, four wide receivers, four tight ends. There's just, yeah, it's, it doesn't look good on offense. Although I, I, I'm an Anthony Richardson believer, but um, there's just not much there for me. Colts are off to the glue factory. Talking to someone dragging themselves out of the glue factory. Is the Denver Broncos. That's a hell of a transition. Thank you, Steph. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So probably the biggest surprise last year, and not for a good reason. Um, they were straight ass. Uh Russ got cooked by Patrick Starr on national Nickelodeon television. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> this was the biggest meme of a team. Broncos Nation, let's ride straight to the glue factory. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, ugh, not a great head coach. Not a great head coach. Great offense coordinator, not a great head coach. So they sacked, yeah, they sacked him, got Sean Payton. He got him out of retirement, and there's no way the Broncos can be worse this year. There's absolutely no way. Oh, wait, they got Joe Lombardi, Sean Payton's old buddy from New Orleans. But they're great with quarterbacks that um, have porous lines. Uh, the Broncos got most sacked team last year. So they really, really ramped up that offensive line, uh, getting Mike McGlinchey from the 49ers, doing some drafting as well, getting Alex Forsyth in late rounds. I think he's actually a great center that will probably play a lot this year. Uh, yeah, if you keep Russ up, he will be good. They have good wide receiver core, have some injuries, but Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, and Marvin Mims in the draft. I'm a big Marvin Mims fan, guys. Marvin Mims fan. I think he's going to be probably the receiver three, maybe the two by the end of the year. Uh, Greg Dulcich, tight end that they drafted last year. He's going to come on. Uh, Adam Troutman, another young tight end who they drafted. The offense is, it, it can't be worse. And we didn't think the Broncos were going to be this bad. Then we watched that Thursday night game last year against the Raiders, and we're like, oh, this is awful. The, the Colts. The Colts. That's the one that did it week four when he missed when he missed uh, Jerry Judy wide open on the slot, just staring at Cortland Sutton on the wrong design play. This team has to be good, right? Yes. Sean Payton is never bad on offense. It doesn't happen. And Sh Sean Payton's just never bad, period. Like, even at the end of Drew Brees' noodle arm, they were still willing them to the NFC Championship game. They almost made a Super Bowl with Drew Brees having no arm. And career low for Russ with 16 passing touchdowns, 55 sacks. Like, that's not a recipe for success. The defense, Vance Joseph returns. I'm a big fan of that defense. That back end with Patrick Stan and Justin Simmons. Like, that's just deadly. Uh, pass rush is going to be a little bit left to desired. Um, they were able to pick up some guys in free agency, Frank Clark mainly. Uh, they did draft Drew Sanders. I was a big fan of his game. They got Nick Bonito um, from 2022, or 2021, excuse me. They really need to step up, though, on the pass rush in front because you're playing against two of the best quarterbacks in the AFC West, and you have to play them twice. Uh, good luck, Broncos, on defense. Well, I thought they were... Last year on, on defense, there was a, a run where they should have won about six games. I think they needed only seven points off the offense in a six-game stretch last year to win six straight games. That's how bad the offense was. Um, and just to back up the, the Sean Payton point, from 2000 to 2020, Sean Payton finished outside of the offense on uh, top offense yards, the top 10, sorry, once in yards in 20 straight years. So Ridiculous. this offense will be good. You, you, we have to figure is it with Russ? Well, Javante Williams also comes back. That was a huge loss in the run game. He was That's so true. good yeah, as rookie he's... year. Then that second year, just tearing that ACL was a killer for them. And he looked good before it, too. Yeah. Before the before he went. They picked up Samaje Piran yeah. from the Bengals, which is a great, great RB2 there. I'm a big, he's also a great pass blocker. Underrated pass blocker for running back. Uh, last year, the Broncos had nine one-score losses, three in overtime. Like... You're, they're they're so close. And I know in the NFL there's a lot more one score losses than in college, but to me a team that had the talent but just couldn't execute, like they're primed. They are primed for at least ten wins this year. Talking of a team that ten wins would be a very good season for. That's the New England Patriots. Look, 
they finally have a real offensive coordinator. God knows what Belichick was trying to do last year, where he had to spike with someone, where he needed to stick it to someone. What what went on? I have Matt Patricia is just there's no excuse for it. But you go and get someone who's led the third all-time points NFL scoring team in 2011 for the Patriots. They bring back Bill O'Brien. Name in the booth. Real person for Mac Jones to work with. Yeah. And there's big bodies for once to Mac Jones to throw to. This is Devontae Parker. There's Juju. uh, There's Kendrick Bourne, who's actually getting played now that he isn't having an argument with Matt Patricia every week. He looks like wide receiver one in camp. And we all thought this for two years. And when you bicker with your coaching staff, you don't get played. Uh, Adrian Clem comes over from Oregon, who only allowed five sacks all of last season. Uh, however, the offensive line has just looked terrible throughout the whole of training camp, basically. Um, and Riley Reef went on IR yesterday, so they lose their right tackle for the season. Um, the secondary also looks completely misshapen without a Devin McCourty in it for the first time in 15 years. Jalen Mills probably slides over from corner to fill that spot. Uh, this is a team that are going to play six safeties, five safeties, pretty much every snap. Uh, Kyle Duggar should step up again, number one. Uh, past the rating covering tight ends last season. And then rookie Jack Jones should be opposite number one draft pick Christian Gonzalez. But he tried to take two loaded guns through uh, Boston Logan Airport. So he is currently has a date on September 15th uh, for court, but he is currently the listed starting right cornerback for the Patriots. I missed oh, that. Man. He did what? <laughs> he took two loaded guns in his suitcase through Boston Logan Airport, and he has, like, terrorism, federal terrorism. When was this? Bro, I don't understand how these Um, dudes... Like, April, May? (laughs) Yeah, Google it. Um, His court date got pushed back from the middle of training... or middle of preseason to the middle of September. But he's listed, and they won't... He's an athlete, so probably just get dropped. But Christian Gonzalez looks good in camp, which is is good to hear. Um... Little bit thin up front, still need more pass rush other than Matt Judon. And this is a weird thing I've never seen on a Patriots depth chart. Two running backs. Only two running backs make the depth chart with Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, that's never been a thing. We pretty much always carry five. There's no, there's no gadget back on the roster. There's not even any like kick return guy that goes to Marcus Jones, last year's sensation at punt returner. So which is just, it, it looks like a strange Patriots roster. They're just leaving room for the three backs that you'll resign every single year down the stretch. <laughs> Brandon Bolden, comeback season. <laughs> uh, Brandon Bolden, I think, believes in Las Vegas. However, the funniest part about this Jack Jones stuff is he was making fun of John Morant and criticizing him for doing the exact same thing. <laughs> He's like, oh, John Morant, you're an idiot. Why are you bringing guns everywhere? And then... <laughs> this guy was... No. That's crazy. I think he's claiming that he didn't pack his bag. Does that not make it worse? That makes it even worse. So you letting somebody else so you letting else you letting somebody else put a loaded strap into your bag and then taking that to the airport. Okay. This man was I literally don't know how else you're gonna get war. away with that, so <laughs> this man was prepped for war. What the hell, man? That's hilarious. I'm gonna make a flight from Boston down to Cleveland now and looking at the Cleveland Browns. And this was a team that I really didn't want to put any mental effort into reading about, looking at I despise this team and everything they stand for. <laughs> but here we are here we are the last team of the AFC North Cleveland Browns I mean the Browns are hoping that Deshaun Watson you know makes some, somewhat of a rebound I mean he missed 11 games through suspension last year came back in 
had a 58% completion rating through five, uh, seven picks, uh, sorry, seven touchdowns, five picks, just was a bit of a mess when he came back in. I mean, missed a lot of training, missed a lot of, you know, missed all of the preseason, missed half the season. It's tough to, to come in in the middle of a season and just put up numbers, especially when you've had that long off. However, the Browns have invested a hell of a lot of money into this man. And now he's had, you know, a full off season. He's looking to be the starter full time this season. They need to see some level of performance on the field come out of this. I mean, the last time he was a full-time starter in, in Houston, he was pretty good. I mean, he had a 112 quarterback rating, 33 touchdowns, seven picks, 70% completion rate, which is good numbers, but I just don't think he's going to get close to that. It's a lot of time out that he's had now, a lot of distraction. He's a bit removed from it now. If we're going to see an improvement at all in his game, it's going to come now. If he doesn't look better now, we're probably not going to see it. And that's a real concern for, for the Browns faithful because it's a lot of money they put in there. A lot, a lot of money. Um, I hope he wastes his money. So do I. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Yeah, same. He's a terrible person. Yeah, the, I like Jim Swartz. Jim Swartz here is the, is the big sign for me because I love Jim Swartz, watching some Jim Swartz defence. And they've got a bunch of pass rushes to work with now with Sidarius Smith and Miles Garrett and Shelby Harris. Like This team should be really fun up front at least to watch. Maybe even some... Uh, I would say Koromoa's like split sacks coming on loops and stunts. Um, they should be better on defense at least. Yeah, and the defense. I got some notes on the defense. You know, Jim Schwartz coming in as a DC is a major, major one. Has so much experience. I mean, fourteen years as a DC, five years as a head coach. It's just a lot of a wealth of experience coming in. The defense is missing some pieces. I think there is a couple of gaps there. You are right. They definitely have addressed some holes, and I think they've got better. There's still some missing pieces. I do think scheme was somewhat of an issue there under the previous DC as well. So I, I, I am interested to see if we're going to see some immediate switches. You know, just putting their guys in a better position to succeed based on their skill sets. Just better coaching in general. So I think we're going to see the defense used and, and the, the personnel they have utilized better on the defensive side. Um, I just I'm not sold on the offense, mainly because of the quarterback situation. I'm not fully sold on the wide receiver room. You know, there's some okay players in there, and Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, but they're just not the groundbreakers. The offensive line is good. They've got Nick Chubb. That's Browns football. They're going to be able to run the ball just fine. The concern for me is can they, can they you know, really elevate in the pass game under Deshaun Watson? Uh, DTR, let DTR run the offense. He was amazing in preseason, guys. Like that, it was the Hall of Fame guy to rally behind. Stop. Get DTR on that <laughs> offense, and I'll cheer for you. No, the entire preseason, he looked good. He started out as the fourth quarterback. He's now the yeah, second on the depth chart. He's making moves there. He is making moves there, and definitely is going to be around. They have to plan for the demise of uh, for the fall of Deshaun because <laughs> I'm just not sold. Really not sold. All right, heading back to the AFC South now. Let's talk about these Houston Texans. Now, the Texans had one of the more high-profile drafts, uh, picking up both C.J. Stroud and uh, that man Anderson, Mr. Will Anderson. Um, to be honest, this is really – they playing with house money this year. You know, they got a brand-new head coach, D'Amico Ryans. Um, they're coming in with young players. They're trying to reset the franchise. You know, this is going to be – a roughly weak division as far as as, as we see it, truthfully. Um, they brought in some interesting pieces, getting uh, Dalton Schultz to come in as tight end, uh, bringing in Singletary as a running back. Uh, uh, also, Tank Dell. I know that we joke around about it, but all the reports out of training camp is that he's actually balling for them. Um, as of right now, he isn't listed as a starter on the depth chart, but he is uh, second 
on on their depth chart. So I really do expect him and CJ to have a good connection this year. Um, some something similar to like a Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton type thing. You know, I don't know if it'll be that strong, but <laughs> it'll be it, it'll be interesting to see if they can develop that that kind of connection. Will Anderson as well. All the reports are saying that he's much much stronger than people thought. Right, everyone thought he was just that was the biggest knock. Exactly, that was the biggest knock on him. Um, was w- w- would he actually be strong enough to handle those NFL offensive linemen? And so far, Houston feels like they have themselves a gym. So you know, it'll be interesting to see how he he develops. What is a successful season for Houston? Is it just Will Anderson looks good, C.J. Stroud looks good? Is that all they need to do? Yes, to me, to me, to me, yes, because. I can't. I can't imagine that any of their fans feel as though they're prepared for any kind of run in the playoffs. No, right? This no, team isn't no ready. They're, they're not going anywhere. The roster is not ready. They have a brand new head coach. You know, brand new quarterback. This is just a year to you know see how everything looks. You know, they're playing with house money, bro. I mean, this is this is just a young team. I wouldn't say the house money. I say they took out a line of credit, doubled down on black, hit, and now if if they don't hit on the rest though, they're screwed. They give a lot for these draft picks. Like you, you gotta hit on these. Fair, fair, fair enough. But in the first year, you can't make any defin- definitive conclusions. You know what I'm saying? We, you have to at least see what you have first. I don't know. Houston's great at firing coaches after one or two years. So you're not wrong. This is the thing. D'Amico Ryan's is fighting uphill the entire way with ownership here as well. So this is it's it's always difficult in the NFL, but that's one of the most disastrous situations in the league. So I think yeah, just looking good is good enough really for all the Texans they don't have to win games at all and keeping the young guys healthy that part uh, that part that part I call them the um, Patriots of the West they are the uh, great value Patriots right now with this entire roster uh, what Josh Fidales is trying to do Jacoby Myers <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> drafting Michael Mary's baby Gronk they're just gonna try to recreate the Belichick model in the desert and maybe it'll work I don't think it will. Um, Josh, you sent it to me earlier today. Chandler Jones apparently just went crazy today. And Did he do spice doesn't want to play for them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't that even know it. if it was Chandler Jones. Apparently he apparently he wasn't able to get into the team facility. And then he just started kicking off. And then was texting McDaniels and was like, bro, why the fuck are you not answering your phone? Why am I working out in a public gym? I'm Chandler fucking oh, Jones. Damn. And there's none of the Raiders organization that's talking to him. The GM won't answer his what? phone. The head coach won't answer his phone. They're just airing him for no reason, it seems like. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, there was lots of rumours last year that there was lots of unsettled Chandler Jones there last year. Okay. Um, partly because his players just kind of fallen off of a cliff as well. So maybe it's a part of the frustration with that. And this defence just needs help. Somebody give Max Crosby some help. Somebody, please, because... That's what Terry Wilson's for. Hopefully. He he might be starting week yeah, that's one. True. <laughs> I do like though what they do with the draft, their first three picks. Terry Wilson, Michael Mayer, and Byron Young, like really addressing a lot of their needs. Uh they did lose some production on offense with Mac Hollins leaving, uh Darren Waller leaving. So Mayer filling in that tight end spot. The receiver position outside of Devontae Adams, like really not that good Hunter Renfro is great in the slot but he's his players his production has has fallen the last couple of years as well as well due to just ankle injuries and recurring injuries yeah like I said doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence in me um they got DeAndre Carter from the Chargers uh Trey Tucker is listed as like they're four yeah I really don't see it on the offense for them good news though is they got Josh Jacobs back so but 
issue is when running backs get on their second contract, uh, uh, the production typically falls Especially off the Especially when you touch the ball 380 times. There just aren't many backs in the history that have touched the ball 360, 370 plus times in a season and been good again the next year. Derek Henry was a weird exception. Um, LT and Adrian Peterson. He's, he's like, the exception to all the rules. Yeah. yeah. There's just no, there's not many that that happens to. I am expecting to see a lot of two tight ends set, though, on this offense with uh, got Austin Hooper and Michael Mayer. Mayer was playing some wide splits during the preseason, which I think is interesting. Yeah, he's, he's been slow, apparently, to pick up the offense, which is not an... Un, it's not... Uh, Josh McDaniel's system is not the easiest thing to pick up as a tight end. Uh, so he's actually... Austin Hooper is probably going to start over, over Mayer. They also have O.J. Howard, uh, but he hasn't really seen production since outside his rookie year in Tampa. Um, some other notes, Aiden O'Connell. Guys, do we think that he's starting by week seven, week eight, because of either injury to Jimmy Garoppolo or just poor injury. play? It's, Jimmy Garoppolo is an upgrade here, right? Surely. Over Derek Carr. In, in, in... Yeah, but... In Josh McDaniels' scheme? But, in Josh McDaniels' scheme, definitely. In, in, in my eyes. Because this is, this, is, this is what Jimmy was comfortable in in the first place. This is how... This is how he was he was brought into the NFL. So I feel like for him, that's probably the best place for him to be and actually thrive. But yeah, the injury history is there. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's the thing. He, he's not going to play past week six. So you're right. Aiden O'Connell will will play four games this season because Brian Hoyer is cooked. At so. least. You have a real child of Brian Hoyer is playing this late in his career. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell, maybe we'll see him over under uh, four games. Also, the secondary for the Raiders is devoid of talent. Um so again, good luck. You're playing against three very, very good quarterbacks in your uh, division. So, yeah, you really need Max Crosby and Terry Wilson or Chandler Jones to really crank up that pressure. Um, the interior of that line also does not really inspire me. Uh, Jerry Tillery isn't that good. Neither is Bilal Nichols, who came over from Chicago last year. I think the Raiders probably they don't get above 500 this year. That's just my crazy, crazy prediction there. Uh, guys, any notes? No, they're going to have a tough time. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough year for them. Are the Raiders the meme of, Mom, could we have McDonald's? No, we have McDonald's at home. And <laughs> McDonald's at home is just... <laughs> it's just Pats and... Yeah, Pats and Raiders. Yeah, except I'm not sure how much better the Patriots are going to be record-wise than, than, than the Raiders. Than <laughs> yeah. Well, this is more like yeah, the 20, 2018 think. Patriots, 2017 Patriots. Yeah. Trying to recreate in the aggregate. But any better receive... Adams is better than any receiver they've had oh, yeah. over the last 10 years. All right, and that about wraps up our AFC preview. Please tune in for our NFC preview coming up shortly. <laughs>